doing today, Chris? Yo, what's up, Kenny? Man, I'm just chilling watching this Colts Titans game, man. This this Titans team is in the wrong direction right now, man. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I was it's really bad, ex- bro. I was I was really expecting a lot different defensively at least. But they were not, they were six not, and no, 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 bro. No, no, no. They're six and three now. They I'm just not. got routed at home on Thursday night football for the division. No, I'm not gonna lie. I'm blaming this all on the punter. Man, oh, they're down I'm, seventeen. Yeah, and he gave up two of those touchdowns. <laughs> Man, that, that, uh, that special teams coach going to be a GG's tomorrow. This should be a three-point <laughs> game, but he gave up two of those touchdowns. Anyway. He'll be on the streets th- tomorrow, but hey, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> streets of Tennessee, going to Nashville bars, drinking some whiskey. Some guitar. I don't know. Some, <laughs> some, some George right, anyway, family vibes. So, welcome to our KCP episode. Today, we're going to have a little... Actually, a lot of NFL talk. Not much else to talk about. So we're Gotta gonna start love the off. NFL, man. Gotta love it. Me too. And me too. We're going to go week 10, look over some of the key games throughout the week. Then after that, we're going to go into some mid-season NFL awards, looking at our both me and Kenny's MVP for mid-season, Rookie of the Year, and Coach of the Year. And then we're going to go into a question, which we will announce later on, about the Philadelphia Eagles. Nation, fly Eagles, fly. Yeah, gross. <laughs> it's a dying eagle right now out there in Philadelphia. <laughs> chirping, croaking. Yeah, so let's get it started, Kenny. Let's let's talk about it. Seattle versus the Rams. Games, in, yeah. Games in LA. Games in LA. You know, Seattle. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I was sitting at home last week at my dad's house watching the Seahawks and Seahawks and Bills and. That that was a little bit of an unexpected result last week. You know, the Bills uh, really just ran them over on the offensive side of the football. Uh, this week, I don't know. I think I think the Seahawks are they're going to clamp down a little bit. They're going to come back after a tough week, week of practice. Pete Carroll will have them right, Chris, and I think they're going to win this game convincingly over the Rams. Yeah, I'm gonna. I I think I'm gonna take the Seahawks with this one. The Rams, I believe, are coming off a of bye week, and. Their last game was that correct was Tua's Tua's uh, debut in the NFL, where they lost twenty eight to seventeen in Miami. Um, that was not a convincing loss. They did get a pick six, Miami, and a special teams touchdown. So that's not going to happen again. But I'm not yeah. I'm not a big Jared Goff guy at all. I'm. I, we could see the potential of the Rams' offense. They put up 30 points versus Washington, 37 versus the Eagles. They should have won that game in Buffalo versus the Bills. They had like a 29-point comeback or something. And that Monday night football game versus the Bears, they just outplayed them. Like, they have the ability, but I really don't see Seattle losing this game. Seattle has lost two in a row now. They just lost to Arizona. Not, not in a row, but... They lost two of the last three. They lost to Arizona, had that win versus the Niners, and now just a bad, bad the the score does not show what it was. It was a lot worse than that. They had a couple they had a garbage touchdown at the end. Seattle is not gonna lose two straight. Coming back to the West Coast, I see success for yeah, the well, Seattle Seahawks. Well, coming well, well, Chris, 
Be be careful though, because it was just like what two years ago we were talking about Sean McVay and how he's a mastermind young coach. No, I never said that. Right? <laughs> you never said that. No. You never said that. But everyone else in the world was saying that during their Super Bowl run. Sean yeah. McVay's got a team struggled a little bit this year and last year, coming off a bye week. Maybe maybe this is the flip of their uh, score total their organization again. Score total of three points in the Super Bowl. They got there. Did the Cowboys get there? Yeah, back in '94. <laughs> yeah okay all right all right there well um yeah moving on a little bit we have the chargers in miami so this game is very unpredictable miami had that nice little win good start for two overs the rams now they're going they just had a great win in arizona everyone was unexpected when they saw that, it was a little unexpected for everyone seeing that, a little shocking, but not not a lucky win. They earned that win. Tua really played. Like, again, before how I said they got a couple lucky, they got two touchdowns, not from the offense. Like, they, they earned 34 of those points, all 34. So, Miami definitely is the favorite right now for me. The Chargers are a 2-6 team, not... Maybe by record they're two and six, but the way they play, they're not two and six. Because I look at this Chargers team, and they went to overtime with the Chiefs with Herbert's debut. They lost by five points to the Panthers. They kept the Buccaneers when they were in Tampa. They were winning for a lot of the time. Buccaneers had a little comeback there. They lost by three to the Saints. They beat the Jags in a shootout. And then they lost in that overtime, not overtime, they lost in that last second play versus the Broncos. And they should have won if the guy knew how to catch in versus Vegas. So it's just literally every single one of these games are one scoring games. Like literally everyone that they lost have been one score. And it's going to be a crazy game. Uh, it's going to be a field goal game, I, I believe. I'm going to say it's going to be a field goal game. And I'm going to think Miami takes it out, though. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point of the season, Chris, you know, one thing's certain that we, we know the Chargers aren't going to get blown out. You know, I think you can put the Chargers up against any team in the NFL and they're going to play them tough at this point. I don't see any team that can run them over. Maybe maybe the Chiefs. But I think for they the already, most they part. They already tried. Uh, they already tried that and they couldn't yeah, do it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, that was a three-point game during week two. But uh, if, if it's me looking at this game, you know, L.A. is going to Miami. They're going to the East Coast. But change of weather shouldn't. Should it be too much saying you're going to Miami this time of year? Um, I the only think thing that I th- can affect it is the rain. That's the only thing. If it's a lot of rain, then anybody's game. Yeah, well, either way, I think this is finally the week the Chargers get over the hump. They're going to stay in the game for the entire time, be right there. I think this could be a classic, uh, sh- I don't want to say shootout, but matchup looking into the future with these two young quarterbacks that are obviously very talented. But I think this is the week the Chargers get over the hump, and they're, they're going to win. They're going to win this week in Miami. A hundred percent. It's not going to be a defensive battle at all. It's going to be all offense. It's going to be Herbert. It's going to be Tua, and that's going to be the whole game. Yeah, and that's not something you would have said at the beginning of this year. You know, I don't want to say it's going to be a shootout um, by by any stretch of the means, but both these quarterbacks are talented. They might make some mistakes here and there, but it's going to be fun watching these young guys go back and forth. I mean, right now the over under is a forty eight. What what would you take? Uh. I'm a big over guy, and I would say that most of the time I'd be wrong. I think I think when I see 48 and a half, I look like, oh, the game could be, uh, you know, 25, 20. 25, and that's 50, you know? But Yeah, you just think of that's only two touchdowns, three touchdowns each, and that, like that's a the few way field I goals. Think about it. Before you know it, uh, 
you know, two fumbles on a three, and then they got to go a long drive, and they end up punting. You know, it's just it could be one of those games. I, over under, in my opinion, is just so hard to predict. When I become oh, a man oh. in the future, I'm gonna be more of a spread guy. Over under is tough. Over under is tough. Over hundred percent. Over under is not fun to play with because you over under can be such an easy one. You would think, and then before you know it, teams are just playing field position. Like you might have oh, a team yeah, that's cause... in the red zone, and they have two offensive pass interferences, and before you know it, they're punting. Like look at this, Tennessee's backups in. But um, yeah, because over unders are hard to pick for me, especially because, like, we look at teams' offenses, but you know, offenses have bad days or defenses have good games, and you just don't know which one's gonna happen based off like the week before. Like, you, it's not gonna be the same. Right. Like, look at look look at Tampa Bay for the past couple weeks, and then you see them put at three points. They might have they might have covered with the over just because <laughs> they'd let up so many, but <laughs> and. Yeah. So let's go into that last game. We're going to go into Buffalo-Arizona. Marquee matchup of the which week. Which really is the matchup of the week. For some reason, it's at the 4.05 time slot. Well, which would, you have said that last year? would you have said that last year? That this would be the marquee matchup of the week, Buffalo and Arizona? Pro- probably not, right? Probably not. Probably no. Not. No. No, no, not at all. Not at all, right? Not at all. I would have said Niners Saints. Niners Saints, well, that's, that's, that's why that game is a primetime game, right? Oh, that's 4.25 too. I'm sorry. That That's the 4.25 game. No, we got, Bills. We got, Bills yeah. Cardinals is a four oh five game. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean it's probably too early in the year so to move stuff around. I mean, maybe not. We're at week ten now, but uh, they did I don't the know. other week. They did the other week. E- either, either way, either way. Uh Buffalo so Arizona. Well, this is this is gonna be tough. I don't know. There's this great matchup here. You know, marquee matchup, you can say again, with these two young quarterbacks going back and forth with each other. There's a little bit of a shootout. Um, I think Kyler Murray and Josh Allen are both going to do their fair share running around like crazy. And I, I do think Arizona is going to come out on top in this game. I don't know, Chris, what are your thoughts? I also believe Arizona is going to come out on top of this game. I'm still not a big believer in the bills. Like I believe I'm, I'm, I'm convinced they're a good seven team. There's they are seven and two. And that's the only reason I'm convinced are they a threat, that are they a threat in the AFC. They're not a threat in the AFC though. Would, would they, they be a compete. threat in the NFC? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Elaborate yes. on your previous statement about the game. So you we see Buffalo they let up a lot of points last week. Arizona has a great offense. Arizona's gonna be ready for this game. They just came off a loss. They they really shouldn't have lost in if you look at the eyes of Arizona Cardinals fan. And they're just gonna come out ready. Kyler Murray's just gonna have a great game. DeAndre Hopkins is just gonna go He's going to go completely off, and it's just going to be hard for the Buffalo to be able to stop uh, Kyler Murray with throwing the ball and at the same time being able to keep him in the pocket and not let him run around. Because that is really what is other teams' kryptonite when they play them, because Arizona has that ability. They have a great defense. I love what they were doing. They were rebuilding with this team, and it's looking really well. They have a new coach. love the style of the play. They have a great defensive weapon in Buda Baker, and he's kind of like bringing the whole defense together. So you have him. You can put him on Stefan Diggs. It's just going to be a great matchup, and I do see Arizona coming up on top. It's going to be a shootout. Defense is not going to really appear in this game. I'll say Arizona is going to score around 35 points. The Bills are going to have about 27. You know, I – I did say earlier that it's going to be a fun game to watch with the quarterbacks, Chris, but I, I, 
don't think it's going to be a shootout in the way that you said there's going to be no defense. I, I would not be surprised if we look at halftime this game 7-0 or 3-0. Both, both of these quarterbacks, especially Josh Allen, are careless with the football on occasion. Josh Allen has okay. his fair share of fumbles. I don't think this is going to be the kind of game where both teams are just exploding for 40, 50-yard gains. I don't think it's going to be the kind of game where you get into the red zone and these guys are going to be able to sit in the pocket and deliver dimes. You know, they may be able to run and use their legs, but I just don't see this being a shootout game like you said. Like, I will not be surprised if both teams end in the low 20s. All right, all right. All right, all right. Interesting, interesting, interesting. interesting. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see see on Sunday. Let's yeah, let's see what happens. So let's get into our next segment. Let's go into our midseason NFL awards. Now, right now we are picking we are picking these players and coaches based off what has happened in the last nine weeks in the NFL. Nothing week ten and further, we're not predicting anything. We're just saying how we think if the season ends today, who would we pick as these awards go out to? So Kenny, let's start off. Who is your MVP of the 2020 NFL season? You ready? Hold on, Chris. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Drum roll, please. Russell Wilson. You know? Oh, simple, oh big surprise. Simple. Big surprise. <laughs> I need a drum roll for it. You know, it's, <laughs> it, well, what can you say? It's Russell Wilson. Appreciate greatness. It's Russell. Uh, that's, all I, that's really all I got. Russell Wilson. Chris, what are your thoughts? MVP. 100%. I got to go with Russell Wilson. There's no obvious, nothing more obvious than picking him. The way he's been throwing the ball, the way he's been running the ball, he's been keeping his team into every game, and is single-handedly carrying this team. No, obviously, uh, he, obviously he has his fair share of weapons, and they're very helpful to him, especially DK Metcalf and Ty Lockett. But it's the way his ability is to place the ball and throw for four or five touchdowns a game, because not many people can do what he does when he launches the ball. 60 yards in the air to get to DK. And DK's just running that straight route. It's the placement of the ball. At the end of the day, if Wilson misses that ball by a couple inches, DK's not catching it. Like, people really hype up Metcalf, but they're not giving the same hype to Wilson. So I really think he is the MVP of this season, and there's no other quarterback, maybe Mahomes, that has been playing up to his standards. Now, now, what if I tell you the season ends today, Chris? COVID just cancels the rest of the season. And the NFL gives an award to, let's say, Dalvin Cook or Pat Mahomes for MVP. What, what, what are your thoughts? Do you think that's respectable? Or you think it's this, respectable. This should be unanimous to Russ. It should be unanimous to Russ. It won't but, be. But it won't be because Patrick Mahomes has evolved as the star of the league for the next 20 years signing a $500 million contract, right? So no matter what happens, he's always going to get a vote in there. But Dalvin Cook, on the other hand, I'm not going to be surprised when he doesn't get any votes. One, he's a running back. Running backs don't get as much respect in the MVP standing. And he also missed a game. And it might not mean much. Let's talk about it later on when the season ends. But if we're only talking about nine weeks, he missed a game. I think he missed two games. He missed but... one game. He missed one because of an injury and one because of a bye. Week seven was because of a bye. Week six was an injury. I want to say he got hurt. He, he got hurt. He got hurt at halftime. Th- he missed, yeah. He did the miss the Cowboys rest of the game. game right? 
He didn't play the Cowboys. Um, it was a Sunday night game. He got hurt. I think it was, against it was the Seattle. It was, it was against Seattle. Seattle. Seattle, yeah. The Seattle. So he missed one and a half games. But either, either way, running backs are more positions that are more up for uh, offensive player of the year than than M- yeah, but, MVP. I mean, we're, I think everyone, I think he's in everybody's head because what he has done the past two weeks. Once he came back, he's been going 250 yards back-to-back games with four touchdowns. And that's what's in everyone's head. At the end of the day, that's only two weeks. And it's only an eighth of football. So we have to see what happens at the end of the year. Um, and Mahomes is Mahomes. So, All right, Chris. Well, obviously, this, this draft class looks pretty damn good. You know, offensive, de- defense side of the football. Who Who's your rookie of the year? Overall rookie, offense or defense? My overall rookie of the year, I think I'm going to have to go with Joe Burrow. Burrow? Out of LSU with the Cincinnati We all know where Bengals. he's from. We all know where he's from. Go on, go on. Cincinnati Bengals are a 2-5-1 football team in a very challenging AFC North. Now, we look at what Burrow has done, and he's another team. The Bengals are another team, just like the Chargers, who could easily be have a win- who could easily have a winning record. You know, they lost one. They lost to the Chargers by three, to the Browns by five, to the Browns by three. Week and one also. also. Don't forget about week one. They had a yeah. they had a game they, they had the game one before a pass interference and a missed field goal. They yeah. They tied with the Eagles, which is I don't know how you want to look at that. They beat the Jaguars. They respectively lost to the Ravens. The Ravens are the Ravens. They kept it very, very close with the Colts. They were up twenty-four to nothing at a point, I believe, in that game. They got a walk. Browns had a walk-off pass, touchdown, touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield that game, and they just beat the Titans. Now, Joe Burrow has been outstanding as a rookie. He's had he went from the worst team in the NFL. He went to the worst team in the NFL, and obviously the worst team for a reason. Bringing him in, he's been having a great year. He has. 2,272 yards. He's 67% of uh, completion rate. He's averaging 300 yards a game. The dude is throwing the ball like a lot. And he has 11 touchdowns, but he only has five picks. And I'm looking at that five picks more than 11 touchdowns. And five picks for a rookie is really good. Like 11 touchdowns is average, but that five picks is very impressive to me. And yeah, that's what I'm looking at. He has a 91.4 rating. Like he's he's really been playing good, and I can definitely see see them being close to five hundred at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, when when I look at the Bengals, Chris, like Joe Joe Burrow is the only reason you would turn on a Cincinnati Bengal game. You know, no disrespect to Joe Mixon or a, you know, no ancient AJ Green, but if you're turning on a Cincinnati Bengals game, like like he's the Zion of that team. You know, he might not be that status, but he's the Zion of that team. Um. No, yeah, and and they've got the hard part of the schedule out of the way the second half of the season. Besides the Steelers game coming up, which I could definitely see them keeping it close with again, they still have to play the rest of the NFC East. Look like, and they have yeah. like they have to play Miami, they have to play Houston, and they play the Ravens one more time. Look, the Bengals are a similar team to the Chargers in the way that I don't know if they're gonna get blown out in many of the games they're playing, and a lot of that's really a, a testament to quarterback play, mm-hmm. and that's why for my uh-huh. rookie of the year, I'm picking Justin Herbert. You know the Very guy. The guy's just been an absolute stud this year. He got his chance. Very because, similar. Yep. He got his chance because <laughs> of 
a lot an injury I've never heard of to Tyrod Taylor. Who punctured lung. I personally feel terrible for. Because Tyrod, obviously a journeyman guy who in, in training camp won the job over Herbert and just never got really a chance to show what he had. Well, he got that chance in week one. Yeah, but I mean And he and he delivered week, a win. He, just one week. You know, like I, I don't know. I feel bad for him because Herbert wasn't taking the starting job anytime soon. It could have been like a Tua situation. I don't know what they were planning on doing, but possibly. possibly either way, yeah. what happened happened, and Herbert's been on the field for since week two, and he's just been spectacular. So much of what you know I do, if I was to pick NFL awards, is the eye test means so much. You know, like yeah, that, just watching Herbert throw the football, it just comes out of his hand. It just comes sharp, just sharp. Every, every throw he makes is just sharp. It's confident. You can say the same thing with Burrow. Just, just the these, two, the, these two, at the end of the year, it's going to be down to these two, and I can guarantee that. And I really just think it's going to matter of who rec- whose record is better yeah. by the end of the year. Because there's really not much else you can say unless one of them have like five, like five picks in a game or something. Like Unless something ridiculous happens, it's going to be whoever has the higher record at the end of the year. Because they're literally playing the same and their teams are playing the same like there's same situations happening on both sides so it's just gonna be who can pull out a few more games yeah like at, at the end of the year it's likely we might see some Tua name to a name thrown in there we might we might even see some justin jefferson but I, I still think it's gonna be these two guys at the end of the year but i don't know chris with that being said well, there's been a lot of good teams this year oh did you have something to add uh nah, no we're good all right, all right. We got one more section, though. One more section. Well, I, I, we, I know, I know, I know. Come on, I'm not talking about stuff, Chris. Come on now. We got coach no, of the know. year. We got coach of the year. Who's your coach of the year? Easy pick for me, Sean McDermott. Oh, you Easy said McDermott. Easy pick. Okay, okay. You say like Doug McDermott, like from from what was it, Creighton, Bowell back in the day. <laughs> all right, go on, go on. So to me, this team is seven and two. They have the second best record in the league, third best, right behind the Steelers and the Chiefs. Now, if you're telling me in the beginning of this year, Belichick finally got a quarterback, he got Newton. He finally got a quarterback. Uh, He's had the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. No, no, I meant like from the offseason oh, okay. once Brady left. Okay. Like once Brady signed, like panic in New England. Who's going to throw the ball for us? Who's going to throw? Because, because, okay. well, it's not it's Cam not Newton. A... He don't throw the ball too well. Well, you know, Cam Newton signs, you know, form, former MVP, former Heisman Trophy winner. He's coming in here and he's just, he's going to save New England. New England's going to be Sign for the winning the. He's gonna be winning, winning, winning the division. They're gonna go to the Super Bowl again. Play the Chiefs for the for the AFC. Yeah, and that's obviously not gonna happen. You see Buffalo here taking care of their business now. They're going. They're seven and two. Now, the wins that they've had are very convincing. Couple here and there that are eh. You know they had that those two games versus the Jets. The Jets are the Jets, but. Those are still wins. They had that. The only game that's not convincing to me is that game versus the Rams and the, to the Rams when they almost lost that lead. But they showed that they can throw the offense up and their defense held for three out of the four quarters. He's playing with the Josh with Josh Allen at quarterback, and Josh Allen is to me he's just an average quarterback in this league. He's nothing special. Like he he can he can run, he can run a little. He has an arm, like nothing special. 
And like this, the defense is just, it's all right. Like it's playing good. They're making the right calls in the right times. And that's what all the coaching is. They're making those calls. That's really saving the, saving the games at the end of the, at the end of the day. Like they're making big stops and obviously the players are playing well, but to me, the coach of the year making this bill seven and two, which is a couple more wins and they're a clear, clear win for the division. And they haven't won the division who know how long, but now it's finally, finally Bill's, Bill's nation again. And in the NFC East, mafia. A, a, AFC East, AFC East. Yeah. I mean, when when I look at Coach of the Year, like I don't think there's much to look at besides what's your team's record. I know there's a lot of a lot of things that can be thrown into there. Oh, like my roster's not as good, but I don't know. You look at you look at Mike Tomlin. As much as I'm not a huge Pittsburgh Steeler guy in general, they're a good team this year. But I'm just not like a huge fan of this team like the past years too. It pains me to say this a little bit, but I'm picking Mike Tomlin as my Coach of the Year halfway through this season. This this Steelers team, there's not much to say. They're they're eight and zero. They've won every game they played this season. They were very close last week against a, you know, an injured Dallas team. Okay, I had to bring that up to a Dallas fan. They were very close to losing that game. But in the end of the day, not many NFL experts probably expected us to go into Week 10 with the Steelers winning the AFC North by two games. I would be shocked if any of them did. Most of them probably just had the Baltimore Ravens just convincingly winning the division, as good as good as the Steelers might have been. Oh, I can I can definitely say that the, a lot of people have the Browns in front of the Steelers too. Agreed, agreed, and and just to, just to think that they're eight and zero, they really haven't had a blunder yet. It's it's unthinkable that this team will go sixteen and zero in that division. They're not going to. They're gonna have a drought somewhere, but to this point of the season, halfway through, like they've the close games they've played, they've won, which is what good teams they're, do. They find a way to win this week. Interesting. They're losing. Interesting. They're losing this week. Interesting. I'm going to kick you off the podcast for saying that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> either way, like, good teams find ways to win, and they've played a lot of close games, and a lot of that's a testament to coaching. And that's why I'm picking Mike Tomlin. No, a very respectable pick. If the team's 8 0. You can't disrespect them in any way, even if they did almost have that. That's literally against the Cowboys, was the only convincing. Um, I'm the only worrying game that if I'm well, a there, there's fan. been a, there's been a couple. If you look, let me let me just pull up their schedule real fast. But you look at week two against Denver, they won by five. Week seven against Tennessee was three that they almost blew it at the end, missed field goal. You know, there's been a couple yeah, games that, there. That Denver game, there they let a, a garbage point touch. Was it? It was a garbage. It time. was tw- it was tw- twenty six to fourteen. They were winning with seven minutes left. Okay, yeah, but I mean, seven minutes left isn't necessarily garbage time. That's still. You're still getting a possession if you're the Broncos. All right. Well, either way. Yeah, but really the only game against the Cowboys. Like every, every other one of these teams that were close, they were solid teams. Cowboys are not yeah. a solid team. All right. Well, talking about the NFC East, Chris, what do you got to add about the NFC East? All right. So who's winning that, that question division? Right now? The Philadelphia Eagles, right? Hmm. Right now, yeah. yeah. At three, kinda, four, and one, the Philadelphia Eagles have the chance wanna, to win the division. The Steelers. I kind of want to say that Washington or the Giants will win this division because they just I'm been playing kick with you me. off the podcast again, Chris. They've been playing to the more of a spark. Like if and 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 if Dallas can defense can play the way they've been played versus the Steelers, 
like it's the NFC East, dude. Nobody's out. The Steel, like what has the Eagles done that proved to me that they're gonna run away with this division with three wins? Anyway, and the only reason that they're not is potentially because of Carson Wentz at their quarterback. Now, Kenny, let me ask you: When, how long should the Eagles stay with Wentz now at their quarterback after playing nine game, we're nine weeks into the season, and the Eagles have only won three games? Look, and look. three of those games, I'm pretty sure, are all against the NFC East. One of them is against San Francisco, but one of the okay, okay, yeah, that was I knew there was one, um, and they got a tie versus the Bengals. Listen, listen, the problem in Philadelphia is far from Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is not the problem there. As as a football team, when you're the quarterback, you know if your team is struggling, the blame's going to fall on you because that's the easy as a fan base, you're the easy scapegoat, but. The Eagles this year, they've had so many injuries. Their weapons on, on the offensive side of the football are non-existent. You know, you have Miles Sanders, who's supposed to have a big year, who's been hurt. You have, I mean, look, your wide receiver, we didn't even know who he was 10 weeks ago. You know, Jalen Rieger and Dallas Goddard. You know, not even Ertz. Ertz's been hurt, too. So, I think the Blitz... Yeah, Goddard's good. Goddard's good. He's good. He's good, but... Goddard's reliable. Goddard and... But everyone else, not really. Yeah, well, Goddard and Ertz are just two tight ends to split time for Philly, but Ertz is really supposed to be the guy. But, like, if you look at Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, and you drafted, you know, you drafted a quarterback in the second round, like, for a reason. And and I got to know, like, what that reason is because you're not utilizing him like Taysom Hill, which is what some people and thought you do. He's a 100% completion rate. Come on. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this then. If you're he's Doug two Pe- for two. All right, Chris, he's two for two. <laughs> All right, put him in. So if you're Doug Peterson, you're putting him in the game. You're putting Jalen Hurts in the game. Um, no, I'm not. Not yet. I think so. Put him in. Are you, are, are you done with your thought? Yeah. Go ahead. It's not Wentz time anymore. I'll give him. I'm literally going to give him one more week, and because. After I'm seeing the Giants and Washington kind of step up the game, after I saw Dallas play the way they did last week, I'm a little scared now. Like, you, it was really only a game, game and a half. They were above everyone else. But, like, it's it was kind of certain that the Eagles are the best team in that division, sadly, right? Well, to me, I look at Carson Wentz. What happened? You going to say something? No, no, go ahead. Right. To me, I'm looking at Carson Wentz. Eight games played. Right, fifty-eight completion percentage. Eh, that's not bad. Thousand eight hundred yards. Great. Twelve touchdowns. Great. Twelve interceptions. He leads the league in interceptions. Twelve interceptions. And I can't blame anybody else. Maybe you can give the O line like one. Maybe there's been another pick that's a a dropped ball tipped in the air and the other team got it. Like the receiver's fault. But I'm seeing the Eagles play a lot of games this year. Majority of this picks are because of Wentz, and you cannot win a football game if you turn over the ball more than once. Like even then, that could be the end of the game just from that turnover. Now, to me, Jalen Hurts was a stud, a complete stud in Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. Uh, like literally, I had him winning the Heisman at a point last year. Just I really like Jalen Hurts the way he plays, and Oklahoma obviously has a lot of. Had some better weapons, but maybe less competition. But, you know, I really like Jalen Hurts. I think it's time. Like, if 
you're looking around the league, you're seeing these other guys just getting put in and it's magically changing their team. You look at the Chargers, you look at Miami, you see Cincinnati putting them Burrow from the start and like, come on, you're three, four, and one. Put in the kid. It's time. Like, I mean, it's been a couple years in for in Philly for Wentz and maybe he wouldn't be this bad if he never got hurt. Who knows? Maybe the injuries are the reason, but I want to put Jalen Hurts in the game. And the only reason, like I've literally seen his two, his two completions and they're both on two point conversions. Cause for some reason, Doug Peterson loves using him on a two point conversion play and they don't even use it. Right. They just give it to him and it's in a wildcat and he just runs. Like, I don't understand. Like they could do so much better with him. But anyway, I, I'd put him in. Maybe I'd give Wentz the half this week. Who do they have this week? Who are they playing? The Giants. Where? In New York. Yeah, they're in New York. That's a division game you need to win. Because if you lose, the Giants are tied for you first. Maybe that tie will come into place later on. But if it's, if it's halftime and Wentz has no momentum, I'm putting Harris in the game. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned for one of your main reasons for, for wanting to take out Wentz is, is turnover issue. Yeah. which I can't argue with the numbers. But one thing Carson needs to learn to do, and I'm sure he's being told this every week, is he needs to learn how to like, give up on a play. He needs to learn oh, how to throw 100%, the play. Like, and I don't know when he picked this up, because when he came into the league, that was never an issue. No, He wasn't. was never a guy who turned the football over a lot. He was never a guy that wouldn't throw the football away. Like He's like, always trying to make a play. He doesn't want to get rid of the ball. The dude is going 20 yards backwards, spinning around, has four defensive linemen coming at him, and he's still trying to find a receiver. Well, my, my final thoughts on this Eagles team is if you look at this stretch of games, which I looked at the other day coming up, it's, it's no easy task. The NFC East isn't playing bad teams this year. Like They have, after the Giants, they have Cleveland, which is 50-50 in Cleveland. Then you have the Seahawks, you have the Packers, and you have the Saints, and then you have the Cardinals back to back to back to back. That's potentially no, four L's in a row. And then you go and play Dallas, which could be for the division. Could be, yeah. Literally, I could see them losing. I could potentially see them losing all these games. I could see them losing out because NFC East this year has to play the NFC. They're not going to lose out. They ha- they have to see. No, they're not going to, but I could see it. Like, they have to. The NFC East. They got a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than they do losing out, son. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> But they they have to play the NFC East, NFC West, and the AFC North. Two, literally the two top divisions in the in the league right now. Uh, so we'll, they have a lot to even like record wise. Those are the two top divisions. So we got to see. Yeah, well, we can happens. talk about the dreadful NFC East forever, Chris. But I say we move on a little bit to our Week Ten spread picks, so we can see who's uh, a better football analyst. Let's see it. All right, Chris, we have an interesting one right here. Sunday at 1 o'clock, we see the Texans traveling to dirty, dirty Cleveland. Cleveland That's minus so three mean. and a half. <laughs> That's so mean. Dirty Cleveland. Five and three, though. The dog pound would be happy if they would be there, but hey. Cleveland minus three and a half. Houston and Cleveland. Um, I'm going to take the Browns. They're coming off a bye. I could see the defense really stepping up here. Houston's a very iffy team. They just came off a nice, not a nice win at all, actually, versus Jacksonville. Kind of scary when they almost lost that game. And two back-to-back games on the road. 
I see Cleveland coming out of the bye, nice and fresh, nice and rested. I could see them giving winning by at least ten. You think by ten? Um, okay. I don't know because I'm, I'm gonna take the Browns too. But at this point of the year, with Odell out, this team is trending in the wrong direction. I don't want to say they're in the wrong direction currently. Uh-huh. Um, the Texans are a team similar to a lot of other teams in the league that I don't think should be two and six, but. I'm taking the Browns minus three and a half. Okay. Next one. Jacksonville with their backup quarterback traveling to Green Bay. The only reason I'm going to pick this game is for the spread right now. Packers to move on. It's at 13 and a half. Okay, I just want to see what you thought. It <laughs> is Packers. Thoughts? Yeah, Packers, obviously, 100%. I just well, listen, listen, listen. No, no. Who was, no that, who was that quarterback last week? Who, who, he, had a, he had a rally at the end. Luke, nice little spin Luke move. something. That was a, Luke you didn't. saw that spin move for him to get in. I did. No, I did. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, and they missed a two-point conversion. But, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't run him over. Ben DiNucci 2.0. All right, go on. Ben DiNucci. No, no, no. We're on a – we're on a – what the fuck? I, I keep forgetting his first name. Something Gilbert, whatever his name is. Anyway, right, ignore that pick. Let's go. Let's go Carolina at home versus the Bucks. Minus five and a half to Tampa. So I said this line's deceiving in the way that they got absolutely blown out last week. With Christian McCaffrey out officially for ne- for next week, this is a line that if last week never happened, it wouldn't be five and a half. It'd be upwards of eight, nine, likely. The only thing that would change that is where the game's played. With that being said, I'm I'm taking Tampa for a bounce back week. Five and a half. I'm gonna I see what you're saying. Carolina at home and coming off a very nice loss. Like, like very nice. Definitely the but most Christian McCaffrey was like, that loss. I'm sorry. Definitely the most impressive loss of the year. And McCaffrey did have the majority of the reason for that. So I'm gonna take the much, much, much more talented Tampa Bay Bucks. They're gonna have they're not gonna win by that much. Bruce Arians has to figure I'll it say out. Though. There's a lot of there's a lot there's, a lot, of, there's there. a lot of problems. A lot there's a lot of problems in Tampa. And they definitely will. They they're not doing any sort of run. No running game. If you know, Mike they, Evans is no, like nothing. They, so I mean, I'm gonna think they're gonna fig- they're not gonna figure it out completely, but they're gonna get most of it done. They'll at least cover the spread by five and a half and win this game. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Um, how about this Monday night football game? We have the Vikings traveling to Chicago. We have Minnesota minus two and a half against a sputtering Chicago team. Vikings. Vikings. No, no, no stuttering, nothing, no pause. 100% Vikings. Vikings are going to give them the works. Vikings have offense. Dalvin Cook is literally my favorite player right now in the NFL. Watching this man work the football is insane. The way he bursts of speed just comes into place and makes it so hard to tackle. Like, I don't see them losing. The Bears absolutely suck. They've scored like, I, like they scored like 10 points a game now. Like, it's horrible. Is like it Trubisky Nick Foles is not the again? answer. Nick Foles is not the answer. Trubisky was not the answer. I don't think he's the answer again. Maybe he'll come in though. They'll, they'll get like one more touchdown, but they're not going to win this game because the Vikings are not a three and five football team, and they should they should literally switch records with the Bears. They should like sign a petition through Roger Goodell, and they should have a sw- switch in schedule. <laughs> Look, I'm a I'm a double down on this pick. I'm going to pick the Vikings, and I'm going to pick the Vikings to not only win this game but make the playoffs. Okay, this football team that started one and five, one and six, one and five, I believe, is going to make the playoffs. Where they're going to win this game, 
and they're just going to go on an absolute tear to end this season. The only reason I would disagree with that statement is because if what happens to Cook, who has a good run defense, plays the Vikings, I'm not trusting Kirk Cousins at all. Hey, he makes a lot of money. He's got to show up one time. Like, that's the only problem with the Minnesota Vikings to me. Their quarterback is a little under average. He's not that good. And that's that's the only, that's really what's stopping them from making being a good team to a great team. All right, Chris. One last game. We talked about the dreadful NFC East again. Not to bring it up, but we have the Eagles minus three and a half in New York against the Giants. I'm taking New York. I'm taking New York. They're going to get three and a half. That's more than a field goal. Last time these two teams played, the Giants kept it very close. They lost by one, I think. One or two points they lost by. And Giants just came off a nice win versus Washington. I mean, any all, all two of the wins have been nice, if you want to call the wins for the Giants. But Eagles just, I don't know. The Eagles are a mess to me. And... They they just are not gonna have it. They just came off. They're coming off the bye. They're going to MetLife. I really, Jen, Daniel Jones is week by week slowly figuring things out more, protecting the ball. Last week he protected the ball very nicely. Not he's not just throwing. He just as he can learn to not throw the ball away, like just make dumb mistakes and learn. Like he's inconsistent with the long pass. If he can give me good twenty yard plus completions, I'm. Very happily taking the Giants, in which I still will. Plus three and a half. Yeah, as bad as this Giants team's been all year, they're not. A, they're, they've shown that they're not a team that's going to get blown out very often. They're. All, I think they've only been blown out like once this year. So with that being said, I think this game's going to be close. Most NFC's games will be close, but I'm still taking the Eagles minus three and a half here. And my reasoning for that is just purely. Do you remember what happened in the fourth quarter last time these two teams played on Thursday Night Football? Yeah, Evan, well, yeah, that, but Evan Ingram basically dropped a pass and then everything changed, right? The Eagles just burst into life. Oh, I forget. This, this is, that was the trip game. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Jones' trip. So I think just the, the Eagles are going to take momentum from that game. It's going to be low scoring. It'll be ugly, maybe. I don't know that, actually. You, can never, you just never know at the NFC East. Long story short, I'm taking the Eagles minus three and a half. It's good to hear. Good to hear. So, what do we have? How many picks are different than that? Two? Um, or just uh, one? I picked the Eagles. You picked the Giants. We Everything both else picked, is the same, We both right? picked Green Bay. We both picked Cleveland. And we both picked Minnesota. So that's the only game that we have different. But with that being yeah. said, me and Chris are right about everything for the most part. And that's why you should listen to our show in the future. Oh, 100%. We're, we're like... We should, you know, what we should do. We should, we should team up with the the betting app on Instagram. The betting app should team and... up with us. Come on. Yeah. Come on. No, like, that, oh, <laughs> what are you yeah, talking bro. about? We're, we're too good, bro. We're too nice. Br betting. Come on. I'm about to win two thousand dollars when I win when I don't lose a game this season in my strike pool. It's gonna be great. Man, and when we do that, man, me, me and Kenny are we're going on vacation. <laughs> Say less. Vacationing <laughs> in Carlisle, PA. 100 percent all right guys thank you for listening kenny it was great talking to you somewhat talking great talking eh, i'll stick with somewhat somewhat great talking to you too chris all right kenny oh whatever <laughs> that's, cool. that's how the giants are gonna win
J E T S. MetLife needs a win. Come on. MetLife Met deserves Life? a win. MetLife's only won one game this year. You know how many games have been played in MetLife? Yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah, 16. That's a, that's a whole season. 16, <laughs> 16. Yeah, we need MetLife deserves a win. And on that note, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.